this is Jake Bernhardt with the Whip Snakes and the PLL, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now in front, Pinnell scores! Ball Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie Elmiller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hunton, he's Adam. Together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Stoked to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm here with my co-host, Adam. Adam, what's going on today? I'm good, man. Hanging out in a parking lot in Southern Maryland, waiting for my college fair to start up later tonight. So, excited to talk some lacrosse in between. Awesome. Yeah, we got some big topics this week, including discussing the second round of the PLL playoffs. Uh, the championship is now set. Um, you attended that. So, you'll have some post-game interviews for us uh, as well from the players uh, and coaches from all those teams that participated this past weekend. You were there with our uh, contributor, Dan Arestia. He also has an article up on our website, The Best People to Get Mic'd Up. So definitely check that out after this podcast. Uh, we'll also be talking the MLL games. Uh, we're winding down in the MLL season. And um, we'll have your fantasy lacrosse fix as well this week as we head into the week three and the final week of fantasy lacrosse. With that, let's go into our fast break. Why don't you tell us the games and what happened in them this week, Adam? Sure thing. Starting with the MLL, this didn't matter for playoff implications but it did when it comes to the standings in game one the Bayhawks defeated the Outlaws in a close one 11 to 10 in game two wasn't as close the Cannons trounced the Blaze 19 to 9 before the playoffs get started for MLL and in the PLL playoffs in the semifinal contest the Redwoods defeated uh, the first place Chaos 12 to 7 to advance to the championship to take on the Whip Snakes. And in the consolation bracket for the first overall draft pick, the Archers defeated the Chrome 12 to 10 to move on to Philadelphia to take on the Atlas to see who will get the first overall pick. So that's your first break for the week. Yeah, uh, no, it was a good weekend of lacrosse. You know, we had four games on, and we're getting down on the wire for the PLL and the MLL. Um, so yeah. we're trying to make the most of the field lacrosse that we do have left. You know, we talked about how you were at the game, Adam. I kind of want to dive into this Archers-Chrome game first, even though that was the second game, because uh, this was interesting to me, and I think the draft bracket is a good idea in theory, but I can't help but think it really hurts some really bad teams, and I wouldn't say the Chrome are a really bad team, but I do think the way they've been playing the last three weeks, um, they are definitely on a lower tier than the rest of these teams. It is something to be said about you know, gaining the first overall pick to help a team that's losing. So, again, I like this draft bracket format, but kind of to play devil's advocate here, uh, do you think it's kind of bad for some of these teams that really are struggling and really need, you know, maybe that number one overall pick? Sure, I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from uh, from that sense with, with, with teams who are at the bottom, potentially staying at the bottom. One thing I, I would like to mention when it comes to this situation is we just really don't have all of the logistics what the offseason is going to look like are there, is there going to be an expansion uh to say eight teams next year what does player movement look like so um without that knowledge too it's tough for me to say um whether i think this is a good long-term uh fit for the league or not i i do like the sense that you know teams aren't going to be able to tank to to get the first overall pick and this is a unique year, I think, when there isn't necessarily before the collegiate season uh, an obvious number one overall selection. Maybe it is TD Ireland if a team that gets the first overall pick 
is need in need of a faceoff man. Um, but there are so many strong players, um, whether that's Jeff T, Grant Amon, or some of the guys from UVA. Um, it's pretty unique that there's not uh, one guy that absolutely sticks out. Um, but I, I, for me, just kind of looking at this um, with windows closed, I think it may be a negative for those teams um, to continue uh, to improve that are at the bottom. Um, but I'd like to see some more information before I kind of make my final call on that one. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a good point is we, we do know that the coaches are operating as the GMs in front office, um, but we do know that, you know, the trade window was heavily, I, I don't want to say it was, it was regulated, you know, until when they could make those trades. Um, so we don't know really what an offseason is going to be like. And I think another aspect of this is coaches being on the hot seat, if they are the GMs, who is actually, you know, in charge of whether these coaches are going to stick around you know, maybe that's a league decision or the governing body that uh, Josh Sims runs, you know, the um, as the head of lacrosse. But I think you bring up some good points. We really don't know. And, um, you know, like I said, the draft bracket, I think, is a good idea. It's a good experiment for them to kind of try out. So a lot of unknowns. But that was just something I wanted to start off with, um, you know, kind of that got me thinking as I was watching this game. Sure. It was interesting to think that, you know, the Chrome, who were last place, you'd think that they'd want to reward them not, you know, obviously you, you want them to, to have to earn that top pick, but if they're struggling throughout the season, um, it's almost like, are you doing them more harm than good? Sure. But anyway, to get to the actual game itself, you mentioned T.D. Erland might be on a lot of uh, people's radar, and they mentioned that in the broadcast. And I, I don't know if uh, Stephen Kelly was listening in because he was they were linking T.D. to the Archers, and after they, they mentioned that on the broadcast, he went off. He went over 83% from the faceoff X, had 11 ground balls, uh, definitely a big producer for fantasy. The only person that ended up picking him in our fantasy league ended up winning it because he had 14.5 points. Um, but what did you, else did you see from this game? This Archers team, um, I don't know if they were just benefiting from playing a, a kind of a wearied Chrome team, but you know they, they looked like, even without their star player in Schreiber, that they were willing to kind of um, still give it their all, and they're determined to get this top pick. They definitely got a contribution from a variety of players. You know, I think that was probably a necessity when it comes to uh, the fact that Tom Schreiber uh, was unable to play because of his shoulder injury. Good to see him at the at the games this weekend. Uh, he was in a sling, but it sounded like he, he was feeling better, which, which is great to hear for him come the NLL season uh, for the Toronto Rock. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they definitely were well-rounded um, from that extent. You know, they had... Uh, points from Will Manny, Ryan Ambler, um, a guy that I've been talking about, had, got on the, the scoreboard for two goals and an assist. Will Manny, obviously, like I said, had a, had a day. So well-rounded affair um, from the offensive side of things. Um, and pretty strong games from, from both goalies as well. I was curious what, what they would do um, if they'd stick with one goalie after uh, that loss last week or whether they'd stick with the tandem, and they did. And both goalies saved more than they let in so it was it was a strong day for for those in cage and um and the defensive side of the ball as well for the archers so um it'll be a fun matchup next week uh in philly against two teams that are, are pretty strong when it when it comes to the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball in, in the atlas so i'm excited to see that game um to to see who gets that first overall pick yeah but and you mentioned you know the goalie tandem on the archers but another goalie that got a shot um, his first start of the season was Alex Reddy for the Chroma, uh, and you know you got to see it firsthand. Do you think he's going to be the goalie of the future going forward for the Chrome? 
Uh, I, I don't see why not. You know, he, he had a tough uh, day early on for, for the Chrome. We got getting yanked in the first quarter for Brett Queener, um, but came back once Queener took, took a pretty hard shot off his helmet, um, and he was under a concussion protocol, and he, he held strong for, for the end of that game. So I, I don't see why not. He was a fantastic goalie um, during his time in Denver, um, and I talked to him after the game for a little bit to see what he's looking forward to going forward and kind of to review uh his first career start so let's give a listen uh you know it was fun you know first and foremost getting my first start yep. and then uh you know we, we were in it the whole way just uh gave away a couple possessions there at the end um you know they they, they got those last couple there you know, obviously going back to the drawing board a little bit figure out some things i need to yep. work on and uh get better at going into next year so i give myself a good shot some great stuff from Alex, so we appreciate you getting that interview. Um, and then Dan Arestia, who is also with you, actually got some uh, post-game sound from the Archers uh, roster as well. We had Will Manny and Scott Ratliff and Coach Chris Bates, so let's hear what they had to say after the game. So big win for you guys. You get the chance to play for another week together. Just thoughts on, on getting that opportunity to keep playing. Yeah, it, it's a great it's a great opportunity. Uh, tonight was right win or go home in a way, and uh, I think we just had a lot of fun tonight. Um, and getting another opportunity to play for the first pick, it's why not win it, right? Why not get the first pick and get the get the best guy that we need? Um, and that's the coolest part about this draft with six teams. It's there's a lot of good players coming out of the out of college next year, um, and there's every team needs something specific. And I think uh, our our team and our staff will start talking about what we specifically need. And and then if we win, we get the first. If we don't, we get the second. So I think both are pretty good, and we'll have a lot of fun next week. I, I got to ask you, it sounded like when the game started, you had a little personal chirping section down there. Is that yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, it looked like you were enjoying a couple of those were, first quarter goals. People were saying, you, Utah this, and I was just like, I'm, I, I don't even play there. I coach there. Like, you're sitting in the stands here watching me. So yeah. I don't know. You paid, to, you paid to come watch me play. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, I didn't even hear half of it. It's, it's so loud in here. And, yeah. I mean, I was, I was pretty dialed in tonight. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah. Glad, glad we had a nice team win and guys stepped up for Tommy and Jackson, and uh, that's what a good team does. I was going to say, you did seem like you were dialing. You know, I think you had four but had four goals when you finished with. And, yeah. You know, you're coming in without Tom, coming in without Jackson. Are guys feeling it a little bit, like we all got to maybe put out a little more, try and make up for, for these guys not being here? I think, but we, it's, we don't show it. We, we just know the next guy up, and Tommy's been there, and Jackson came to practice today, and... I mean, that's what a good team does. They just step up when guys go down. And, I mean, I trust everybody on this team. And, yeah, do we have to get on, as, I mean, as an older guy on this offense, right, and on this team, honestly, it's had to get on a couple of guys tonight to, like, pick their speed up and whatnot. And, but that's just part of the, the game and uh, as a, the coaching in me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Everyone stepped up, and that's that's what, what we're all about. You saw Tom over there on the sidelines. Is he doing? Is he just like immediately in coaching mode over there? Um, was... He he said a couple of things. He's talked in the locker room briefly, but I, I think he just kind of sat in the back seat a little bit and wanted to enjoy watching and let us do our thing. I, I mean, we were pretty dialed. For, yeah. I mean, there was sloppy play for a couple of minutes, but that happens in every game. But I think our offense did pretty pretty good tonight. We felt like at halftime we had done a good job of kind of weathering a really bad first quarter, and we just talked about, you know, we're not playing quite at our speed. And so the message was just find that next gear, get going a little bit faster, and, and play a little bit smarter, and we'll be in good shape. Obviously, we'd like to be in the other game. It's, it's a little bit hard to swallow to have to go there and see two teams compete for what you want. But, again, at the same time, special group of guys. We, you know, we talked about it before the game today. We're playing for each other. We're playing for the chance to spend another weekend together. Um, and 
and obviously Philadelphia is a great lacrosse city, so to get to go play there is pretty cool. This whole season, this league has been a, a truly incredible experience, and, and obviously Paul and Mike deserve a ton of credit for that. And so to just have their weekend to experience it, you know, we're not ready for, for the offseason. We love this stuff, and, and so we're just excited to get there and get to do this again and, and close the season out. We talked about being, uh, you know, a character win and helping it define who we are as, a, as an organization. So I give our guys credit. You know, that was a battle. You know, Chrome play, played their butts off all game, and, and you know, we did too. So we're excited to get a W. And now you had to prepare and get ready for this game without Tom Schreiber, which obviously that's an impact for anybody to lose a player of that caliber. Did it change the way you guys got ready? Were you trying to just stick to the same things, just we got to do it without Tom? Or? We try to stay consistent, but, you, you know, as well as I, you don't replace Tom. He just creates so much offense for everyone else. But we, we stayed within the system, and guys kind of executed and, and put the ball in the back of the net. You know, it, was, it wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, we put 11 goals on the board, and that was enough to win. So Yeah, and you got good contributions from guys like Ryan Ambler from Danny Ipe today who maybe you know, don't do as much of that initiating and dodging for you guys as they have, you know, today. It's not as much in the past. but Davey Emela has a big goal yeah. getting in the lineup. You know, Will Manny obviously put some in the back of the net. So, yeah, we needed contributions from other people to, to, to rack up some points. So uh, I'm really happy for those guys. And are you thinking this is going to be the lineup you go with again? week who knows like oh, who no. can tell? We'll, 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 you know we'll see we're just you know again the theme is we wanted to keep playing together so we're just excited to go to philly and and battle one more week great and now have you started thinking about like guys in this draft it's a deep class like where you want to go what you're thinking like uh no, i'm not you know we're thinking about a lot of them and, and there's a lot of good ones so you know at the end of the day you know you're going to get two or three good ones it's, it's that deep a class um you know so so we're excited but you know our motivation is just play, play lacrosse and, and and win as a unit and that's a nice byproduct, so hopefully that, you know, we'll get that as a result. Yeah, so, so some great stuff. Um, we appreciate Dan helping us out this week, and, you know, it was nice for you to be there in person, Adam. Um, I'm going to, you know, be there in Philly this coming weekend, so we each get a chance to get that PLL playoff um, experience. But um, let's go into the biggest game of the weekend, uh, which was obviously the Redwoods versus the Chaos. Uh, we knew this matchup was going to be tough going into it, but... To me, the chaos just seemed overwhelming. Again, they were doomed by a, a really bad third quarter. Um, but what did you see from this firsthand, Adam? I have never seen the Redwoods defense uh, play so well and do be dominant as they were uh, in this semifinal matchup. I mean, holding one of the most prolific scores in the league in Connor Fields to zero points, zero goals, um, was a fantastic job. Uh, by Matt Landis, Garrett Eppel, uh, and the rest of that squad. Um, it, it was so interesting. I, I just felt like kind of being there in person, being front row for it. I, it never seemed to really be in doubt for me. And it was a fantastic job by that defense. Timmy Trauner, uh coming up huge. I know we had that debate about Rookie of the Year um, uh, last week. But I, I think he it has to have the nod um, just with how successful he's been uh, in these playoffs. Um, and it was just a fantastic effort um, from all facets of the game for the Redwoods. Uh, a shame to see uh, the top seed of the team in the chaos go out this way with two straight losses in the playoffs. Um, but it was a fantastic effort uh, by the Redwoods, and, and I'm really excited to see um, what they do next week. And as I said, the defense was really able to hold uh, that potent chaos offense. I talked to Coach Nat St. Loren and all three of the starters uh, for the Redwoods, including uh, player of the game Matt Landis, about how they were able to hold Connor Fields and that chaos offense um, in the second half. 
Hey, I have Coach Nat St. Laurent here. Tell me about uh, that last game that you just played and what was it like holding the Chaos to their lowest scoring total of the whole season? Just so proud of our guys. I always am. We, we feel really strongly that we've got the best defense in the league. And this is the second or third time this year that we've held the team to just one goal the entire second half. Yep. And uh, what, what Matt Landis did against arguably the best player in this league was ridiculous. And you know, I told him after the game that we, we named the, that parts on the field, you know, Landis Island, and we put him out there. As part of the game plan, we were not going to slide to him. We were not going to give him any help. And when we did, you know, we knew we had to squeeze on the other side. So, you know, Timmy was phenomenal again. Uh, good luck voting for Rookie of the Year, by the way. Absolutely. I mean, right. Good luck with that. I don't know who gets to vote for that, but good luck. Absolutely. And what's kind of your goal going forward for the championship game? And anything kind of sticks out to you right now going forward? We just got to make sure that we don't, you know, we can't. It's a new game. It's a new season. Nothing else matters. It's two of the best teams in this league playing for the first championship. We got to make sure that we worry about us. That's when we are at our best. We can't think about what's happened in the past. We can't think about who's playing, who's not. We can't think anything like that. We got to worry about us, and that's when we're at our best. Landis did a really good job on Connor. I think we, we put a lot of trust in Landis' one-on-one matchup, and, and he plays super good discipline, uh, discipline defense. And uh, Connor kind of thrives on kind of baiting guys into getting uh, you know their feet in the wrong positioning and takes advantage of them and we kind of you know he, he crushed us the first two games right yep. he did a really good job against us and we kind of had to hunker down and figure out some strategy um, but it feels good the first half they got us but uh, you know we came back out we made some adjustments our offense played really well Greg Beast did a really good job at the faceoff X uh, and we controlled possessions and we played really well six on six any thoughts going into the championship next week in Philadelphia yeah you know the, you know we're one and one with the whip snakes but you know the one game we beat them by one and the second game you know they, they got us by a large margin um, you know but we're hot right we're, we're one three in a row uh, we're playing at a very high level, and I like the momentum on our end. So, yeah, you know, we need to prepare for everything the Whip Snakes have. They have a great offense, great attack by Matt Rambo, um, and Nardella does a great job at the faceoff X. So, you know, we've got to hunker down and figure out how we're going to play them. I'm here with Redwoods Garrett Apple. Talk about the game that just happened yeah. and, and how you guys were able to hold Connor Fields to no points and the chaos to one goal in the second yeah. half. Well, well, first of all, we played team, we scouted them really well. We knew what we were doing going in. They kind of run the same set over and over. They hit me, they really good guys, but we, I think we, we forced them their weak hand, we forced them skinny. Yep. And uh, that kind of played in our hands. So, you know, we guarded the ball really, really well, and then Lance did an incredible job on Fields. I mean, he's a great player. He's probably going to win the MVP in this league. And, uh, you know, Landis, that's his bread and butter guarding guys like yep. that. Um, so, got to give him uh, give him the day, Landis. He won the day, and that just, you know, worked out. Absolutely. Talk about uh, going into next week in the championship. Thoughts on that? Yeah, forward. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're a lot like us. You know, they got a lot of guys that they play together in college with, and they're they're a real team, you know what I mean? So, the guys who kind of, like, know their role, they do, with, uh, you know, they, they do their role, right? They do their job. And they have a lot of pieces together. They're a really good team. It's going to be a really good game. So, same thing. we got to scout them and get ready for the game. I'm here with Matt Landis, Redwoods defender, who was able to hold Connor Fields to no points on the day and overall one goal in the second half for the chaos. How were you able to do that, Matt? And it was a team effort. Everybody did their job. And, and I know a lot of the attention might go to the matchup itself, but I had support of all the other five defensemen behind me and, and um, Timmy Troutner and that. And everybody did a great job on ball. Everybody got a lot of great ball pressure. And we were sliding around and moving across the field. Six on six. I thought we did an incredible job. They only scored in unsettled situations. So uh, I'm really proud of the whole team, the whole defense as a unit. Thoughts on going in next week's championship game? The Whip Snakes are a really good team. They've proven that all season long. And, and uh, you know, they really took it to us last game. No, no doubt about that. So, you know, we're, we're expecting ourselves to come out and give our best game and, and do everything we can. 
but just right now we're enjoying this win and we're going to celebrate as a team and then um, tomorrow we're going to focus up and get ready for the rest. And, and Dan also had the opportunity to talk to Coach Andy Towers and Connor Fields after the game uh, to get their reaction uh, to the semifinal matchup against the Redwoods. You know, not the way you guys wanted it to go. Yep. You guys seem to get out of a little bit of a, of a slow start today, maybe a little struggle trying to yep. get some, some ground balls won. Yeah, well, listen, they jumped out on top. They fouled us. We took advantage of that. Came back. It was 6-6 at halftime. I felt great going in the locker room. I felt great coming out of the locker room. Um, you know, we had a couple situations where we played really good defense. And, uh, you know, I thought a couple of soft calls... I'm not going to say bad calls. Just a couple of soft calls that gave them the ball back, and then they scored immediately on those possessions. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to be a referee in this league, and I think the officials do an awesome job. I think they've done an awesome job all year long. Um, you know, but certainly when those type of calls go against you, you feel, you know, uh, uh, you know a little frustrated. I, I'm not going to say they were bad calls. I'm just saying they were close, sure. right? They were close calls. And, uh, and they, they were able, Redwoods, to their credit, were able to score two goals off of that and you know it's tough when you play good defense and then they get the ball back and then you got to play defense again and but again to their credit they hit some great shots in the second half and I felt like we did a pretty good job of running our offense you know but Timmy Trotter stepped up when it mattered most and played a great second half so credit them they deserved it you guys uh I don't think you got a point from Connor Fields today which I think is you know remarkable obviously Redwoods did a great job there do you think that kind of hurts he's kind of the st- straw that that stirs the drink for you guys a little bit is it, is it tough to get things going when he's not going so well well you know what I I think Connor played fine. I don't necessarily equate uh, not getting any points with playing a good game or a bad game. I know a lot of guys that have scored a ton of points that haven't played very well, and I know guys that have, you know, not had any points that have that have made the offense go. And I thought that when we ran our offense, I thought Connor was 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 very efficient and played very well. Um, you know, at the end of the day, though. You know, they stepped up in the second half, and they were able to capitalize on their opportunity. They hit some great shots. I mean, they hit some really, really good shots. And you know what? They're going to have to shoot really good shots to beat Blaze Reardon. Um, you know, I think he's the best goalie in the world, but Timmy Troutner played a great second half. And I, I felt like in the end, um, you know, we had some opportunities, but we just couldn't capitalize. And then now, obviously, season's over for you guys. Not the way you wanted it to end, but, you know, looking back sort of at this first year for you guys in yeah. the PLL with this group, just final, like, retrospective a little bit. What would you say to your guys at the end, you know? I, I told them that I was proud of them, and I told them that they have a lot to be proud of. It wasn't the ending that we wanted. You know, we didn't accomplish our goal of winning the PLL championship. But, you know, we were 7-3 and three in the regular season. We earned the number one seed, and while... The last few games didn't go the way that we wanted them to. Uh, still, you look at the body of work, and they've got a lot to be proud of. So, you know, we will uh, watch the final like everybody else next week and, uh, you know, look forward to coming back next summer. Obviously, you know, tough night for you guys. It seemed like you just got out of a slow start, found rhythm for a little bit, but couldn't ever really kind of get things going. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, we definitely had a slow start. Uh, made a comeback, though, tie game going to halftime, so we can't really blame the slow start. I think it's just uh, I think at the end of the day it comes to them just capitalizing on their opportunities and us uh, us not. Credit credit Tim and that. He played, he played great. Um, but, um, you know, I think something we gave to him and um, it really hurt us in the end. Now, you mentioned Tim. 
you guys, it's not like you were getting bad looks throughout the game. You guys had some quality looks, and Tim was just making great saves. Just as an offense, does that start to weigh on you, especially in a game where there's you know quick possessions and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely does. Um, with with the quick possessions and when you're falling behind, you know, those those are the type that you know momentum swingers that kind of bounce you back and get you back in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, he made some great saves, and then the defense played great in front of him. So uh, um, yeah, and I mean. Um, I just think, yeah, if we, we could have capitalized on a couple more and kind of swung momentum in that third, beginning of the fourth, it, it, it would have been, uh, you know, a different game. The Redwoods managed to keep you off the score sheet, which is not something that's easy to do. How does that, you know, as the game's going on, are you talking to teammates like, I'm having a hard time, you guys got to get it going, are we trying to pick each other up a little bit? What's the vibe like when you're having a hard time sort of getting getting your way into the book? Um, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't really focus on, you know, one person getting in the book or not. Um, wasn't really a big deal for me. I think I had some, you know, some chances to score, and I made some looks that you know other people could score, but it just wasn't wasn't my day today. They played a great game, but at the same time, we kind of beat ourselves too. And then just you're now one season of the PLL in the books. The ending isn't necessarily the one you guys wanted, but just sort of can you give me like a little bit of a retrospective. Like, what's this year just been like for you as a, as a player in this new league, this touring model? Just how's it how's it been? I mean, it's been it's been awesome. You know, it's been uh, it's been very intense and very professional. Uh, you know, it uh, reminds me, you know, of that of that feeling where you're, you know, playing playing in college and practicing every day, and then you know, get on the field, uh, playing so hard for your teammates. I think you know everyone's doing it out there and just playing for each other, and and we all want to win too. We're all competitive, so um, I think it was a really great first year, and I'm excited to see you know what this has for the future. You know, I'm I'm looking at this chaos uh, results from these past weeks. Obviously, they they've lost three straight, but um, their production has really been dropping off. Uh, you know, ever since the, the bye week, um, you know, they scored 13 in week eight, uh, and then they eventually scored 11 in another win against the Archers, um, and then it was nine to, to end the season against the Atlas, and then seven and seven. Um, I just don't understand if, you know, maybe, I don't know if Josh Byrne and maybe Miles Thompson were, you know, completely healthy. They were dealing with injuries. Maybe the rest of the league kind of started to figure them out, you know, on transition and kind of nip that in the bud or play them at their own game. Uh, which, you know, the Redwoods kind of have done. Um, or maybe are we expecting too much from Connor Fields? Uh, you know, obviously he's one of the better players in this league, but um, he, you know, has had a lot of turnovers, uh, especially recently. And I think, you know, you, you get somebody like Landis locking him down and you could just see how uh, dependent that offense was on him. You know, it, Josh Byrne, you know, made a few moves, but I mean, they, they're lucky they even scored seven. They had that one turnover that Miles Jones took to the rack. Um, and a few other, you know, big defensive breakdowns that led to the chaos goals. But I don't think this one was really in any doubt, you know, after the Redwoods got off to that 5-1 run. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely the hot team right now. Uh, disappointing way for the chaos to go out. Um, you know, they, they were missing, too, uh, Deemer Class, which he's been kind of quiet since then, but I'm not sure why he was a scratch. It seemed like he was a healthy scratch. Maybe they decided to go in a different direction, add some other guys on the roster, but... Um, I don't know, very, very disappointing the way uh, Coach Towers' squad ended. I really thought they would get up for this game. Um, but, yeah, I think they, they might have some, some questions still to fill uh, on the midfield side. And, you know, maybe, maybe they add another attackman, uh, change of pace. You know, have they, they have a lot of similar guys in Thompson, Byrne, and, uh, and Fields. You know, they're, they're guys that are creative, they're feeders, but maybe they need a shooter. Maybe they need a guy like Mac O'Keefe. Will he still be around by the time it drops to the fourth pick, which is what the chaos will come out with? Um, who knows? But, 
yeah, I, I don't know. It's a disappointing end because I really thought they were poised to make a playoff run. Again, though, you, like you said, they ran into a hot team in the Redwoods, and they're rolling. But I think the Whipsnakes are going to be ready to go. Uh, I don't think they're going to miss a beat. The Whipsnakes are by far the most talented offensive team out there. Um, and you could probably make a case that the Redwoods are the most talented on defense. So I think we're primed for another juggernaut matchup uh, in this inaugural PLL championship. It's just a fun matchup, too, for a couple reasons. You know, we, we talked about uh, the Redwoods picking it up at the right time. I mean, if you think about it, most of their offensive production are coming from players that weren't on the team prior to the, the start of the season. You know, Jules, we talked about, came from the Whip Snakes, which is an intriguing uh, storyline in and of itself. Ryder Garnsey was in the player pool at the beginning of the season. How crazy is that to think with, with how uh, prolific his player production has been since he, he's joined the Redwoods? Um, so th- just those two names alone are intriguing stories, uh, and they're kind of coming at it from a different angle than a, a Whipsnakes team that has pretty much been um, together for the whole season, whether a couple pieces here and there, but predominantly have been uh, the same team. So another Awesome opportunity to watch some PLL lacrosse. Uh, last one for this inaugural season, but I'm super excited. Yeah, it's, it makes for another great storyline. You know, you had the first game. Redwoods defeated the Whip Snakes to hand them their first loss of the season. In the game where Jules played his former team. So, you know, that was an interesting storyline. And then we can't forget, uh, only a few weeks ago, the Whip Snakes almost knocked the Redwoods out of the playoffs, essentially, you know, with that dominant performance that... Um, really hurt their goal differential, and they had to have a, a big day against the Chrome to even make it to the playoffs. But, yep. yeah, they're looking like, you know, a team that can go toe-to-toe with the Whips this time. I definitely think it'll be closer this time in Philly. But, um, yeah, no, we're, we're in for a, a treat of a matchup, and um, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm excited to be there in person. But let's go to our first break, and then when we come back, we'll talk some uh, PLL fantasy lacrosse. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so welcome back. So we just got done talking about the PLL games this weekend. Um, Let's look at some more individual performances, though, in regards to our fantasy lacrosse. So for some top performers we had at faceoff, Stephen Kelly, who we mentioned earlier, 14.5 points. I mean, he did everything in this game. He had a goal. He had an assist. He had a cause turnover. He went 15 for 18 at the faceoff X. And he scooped up 11 ground balls. So he got 14.5 points. And uh, like I said... The only person to pick him was 2K Flexing, uh, who was our winner this week, and he ended up you know, winning pretty much off of Kelly's performance. So um, kudos to him for picking Kelly and the winning roster. But uh, some other guys that had some big days were uh, Justin Gutterding. He had eight points at attack. Will Manny also had eight. Uh, Jordan Wolf and Marcus Holman both had four and a half. So those two teams had a lot of production from their attack. Um, at midfield, Miles Jones had six and a half, and then Brent Adams and Danny Ipe had three and a half. Really a bad day for the midfielders uh, for fantasy lacrosse, so it was really tough to pick. Um, but you know, if you got at least two or three points, you were uh, sitting pretty lucky, unless you got Miles Jones on your team because no one really did exceptionally well. 
shows there was a, a big team effort for these teams uh, this playoff weekend. Um, and then at LSM and defense, you know, Joel White had five and a half points. Uh, Scott Ratliff had three, and John Sexton also had three. Um, and then rounding out with goalie, you had Troutner with five and a half and Blaze with five. You know, so overall, not as much scoring as the last week, with the exception of Kelly. Um, but a great fantasy week. You know, we're really getting down to the wire. Uh, and we have a really tight race at the top in terms of totals. Um, you know, and some disappointments this weekend, uh, of course, were Connor Fields, who only had half a point off of one ground ball. Um, Landis effectively shut him down. Uh, Jared Newman had one and a half, so that's better than his zero from last week. But still, you would have liked to see him maybe get a two-point goal or another cause turnover. Um, and then Jules and Ryder only had two. Uh, again, you know, with how the production was this week, you're not too upset with them at least getting two points, but you would have liked to see a little bit more. Um, you know, for example, Matt Cavanaugh on that attack ended up getting four points um, for you, so you were better off taking him. Um, and then Connor Farrell, a lot of people thought he was going to go out and dominate Kelly, and he laid an egg and only got one and a half points. So, uh, again, a very interesting, unexpected fantasy lacrosse week, but that's kind of how we like it. Um, and then congrats to 2K Flexing, who ended up with 45 and a half points uh, to win this week. He's going to get a fantasy lacrosse hat. And he, as well as a lot of other people, are still eligible for the epic All-Star Game gloves that we'll be giving away as our grand prize. So if you've been submitting rosters these past two weeks, make sure you submit another one this week to give yourself a chance at that. Uh, if you haven't submitted a roster yet, there's still time to because we have a fantasy lacrosse t-shirt that will be up for grabs for the winner from week three. So definitely uh, jump on board with that. And, you know, it, it is our final week, uh, but we, we've really enjoyed putting it on for you guys, and we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, but that wraps up our fantasy lacrosse. So we're going to go hear another word from our sponsor real quick. Um, and then let's dive into this MLO recap, Adam. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back. So uh, now it's time to talk the MLL. So that is wrapping up its season. This was the second to last week. Uh, we have one final week of the regular season, and then we're going into the playoffs. Um, but, Adam, let's talk about this Bayhawks-Outlaws game. Uh, we both picked the Bayhawks, and they both came out top, but it was a close one. Um, th- these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, I still think I would give the edge for the Outlaws just because of the talent they have. But what do you really see from this game that you think is going to um, kind of give you an idea of where we're gonna see what we're gonna see in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you, you saw kind of a tale of, of two halves potentially um, when it the when you saw that Chesapeake Bayhawks uh, hold that Outlaws to to zero goals in the first quarter. You thought, oh, here we go. We we have to see if this is the old uh, Outlaw squad or the squad that lost a few in a row uh, a few weeks back. But they were able to come back and have hold the Bayhawks to no goals. <laughs> In the third quarter, coming out of half, so strong back and forth contest in that third, uh, that fourth period, the the Bayhawks were able to edge out uh, the Outlaws um, by two goals in that period to take uh, that one goal lead. I'd have to say the biggest storyline of the day um, was the play of Lyle Thompson, um, who in the game broke the single season goal record 
single-season point record for the Bayhawks, um, which was previously held by uh, Bayhawk great Mark Millen. So big day uh, for Lyle um, in breaking these records. You know, super successful season for him. Um, we'll talk about next week um, MLL uh, award winners, but he's going to be uh, at the top of my list for a few next week. So um, stay tuned to hear about that. But uh, this is a big win for, for the Bayhawks. Um, to stay atop the, the leaderboard when it comes to the standings. And with one week of regular season left, um, there's a bunch of scenarios when it comes down to uh, playoff seeding-wise, but we all know where they're playing in Denver next next uh, once the playoffs start. So um, the seeding, it'll just depend on who, who plays who. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. And um, big day for, for Lyle and the rest of that Bayhawks defense, too. You know, they were – able to hold the outlaws to one goal uh, in that fourth quarter after um, kind of getting lit up in that, that third quarter. So and a great play by Jesse Bernhardt on, on the defensive side of the ball and Brian Simpson cage for, for uh, the Bayhawks who, who started over Nico Amato. So um, interesting to see um, what, what the future holds for, for both of these squads going forward. Yeah, no, and you, and you mentioned Lyle Thompson. He, he's got another record that he could potentially – uh, break this upcoming weekend. He has 73 points, which is five shy of Rob Pinnell's MLL season uh, record. U.S. Lacrosse Magazine put out that when the Bayhawks meet Denver next week, he'll have a chance, you know, to break that record. He's five shy, and get this, he's been averaging 5.67 points per game versus Denver. So, a very good shot that he could break this record um, and, and make some history. So, uh, you know, we'll be watching to see if he can do that. Uh, if not, it's still a phenomenal season. Uh, for him and the Bayhawks, and I know they they definitely have their eyes on the prize of winning the whole, the championship, probably more than individual awards. But um, yeah, so these teams are looking like they're they're sitting pretty pretty good right now. Uh, even the Outlaws, despite the loss, but and they'll get a rematch next week. Um, but this other game could not have been more lopsided. It was the Cannons versus the Blaze, and you know we both picked the Cannons in this game, and we both kind of talked about this last week is how. Uh, the Blazes' big weakness is right now on defense and the goalie play. You know they they can score goals. We know that they have a very talented attack in Stotts, uh, in Shane Jackson. You know Mark Matthews. They have a bunch of guys that can score, um, but the goalie play has just not been there. And in this game, you had uh, Chris Madelon only making five saves, letting in nine goals, and Max Edelman, uh, the rookie who they've kind of tried to see if they could go with, he only made four saves and let in eight goals. They both took a half of the game, and, you know, they both kind of underperformed here. So, um, I don't know. This is kind of a glaring weakness. I'm a little worried for the, the Blaze going into the playoffs, you know, and this is their first time ever making the playoffs, um, but I know they're probably not content with just getting there. I, mean, I know they expect to make a run. So, um, what do you think needs to really change for this Blaze team? They are such an up-and-down team, and it, it, it's difficult to say what, what, what that play is going to be. Obviously, you talked about um, – the, the play in cage and it's they haven't found consistency since earlier in the season and you know it, it'll be interesting to see what type of matchups they bring to this final uh, week of the regular season to determine um, who they play it just it just didn't seem like they were ready to to be out there this week to be honest with you and um, it was kind of like like I talked about the Redwoods kind of I felt like it was going to be their victory um, the whole time. Same with how the Boston Cannons played, you know, and, and it just didn't seem like uh, they were up for it in Atlanta, and I, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Kind of had a loss for words about what, what to expect from them. 
guys seem out of the playoff teams to be the worst right now. I don't know if that's how you feel as well. Um, I could be. No, it is. Yep. Yeah, I could. I feel like I could be eating crow uh, come the playoffs, and they could reel two games off and and be holding that Steinfeld Cup. But um, I just, I'm not sure what what they need to do right now, other than just be more consistent on in all facets of the game. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and. Again, I, I think it really says something to have a solid goaltender because, you know, you talk about the two teams that aren't in it right now. Um, Austin Cout has been shaky, you know, for the Lizards, and the Rattlers didn't have Sean Scannoni until, you know, really the second half of the season when they went on that run. So I think it's just something to be said about having a strong goaltender, and that's why I really like the Outlaws, you know, with Dylan Ward and, you know, this Cannons team because Nick Morocco uh, had a great day in cage. You know, he made 13 saves. Um, only letting seven. He's been playing really, really good lacrosse lately, um, pretty much the whole season, honestly. But, um, you know, that, that's where I think their strength really lies. And, you know, Kevin Reisman uh, went around 50%, a little over 50% too at the, the X, which, you know, if I'm Alex Woodall, I got I to gotta give my team more possessions. You know, I got to win more than, more than 12 for 30 uh, on the day. So, um, you know, I, I think they're just a little, like you said, inconsistent. And I think that could be their Achilles heel. And, on the flip side, this Cannons team is looking really scary. Um, and, you know, we talk about they have a lot of offensive weapons, too. I mean, all these teams really do. But um, they've gotten a lot of production from guys who you, you maybe not would have expected. You know, Ryland Reese had five points in this game. Uh, you know, he had two goals, a two-point goal and an assist. And uh, so, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of production from all over. Uh, and you can't discount, you know, Mark Cockerton and Kyle Jackson, who have had phenomenal seasons. And and Zed Williams as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. This Cannons team is looking like they're getting hot at the right time. They're kind of like the Redwoods for me, um, where they're, you know, they kind of have everything all together. They know which kind of game they want to play, and uh, I think they're going into the playoffs with some momentum. From the goalie side of things, they, they have the capabilities. Chris Madelon what, what has been a strong goalie for a long time, and goalies can get hot at the right times and he could potentially win them a championship on, on his play alone in cage so um, he's been really strong since his time in North Carolina and I don't see why he can't bounce back um, and I mean he was in the all-star game this year right so he clearly uh, is a strong keeper um, and he just needs to be more consistent kind of not just at that end but kind of the whole the whole squad so yeah I, w- I won't hold my breath though I just haven't seen enough out of him all year. And I think that's why they, you know, they tried out Max Edelman, but you know, I think it's getting a little too late. You know, I, I think you do still stick with Madelon just because uh, he's been there before. But um, I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I haven't, I haven't really seen it yet. So I'm, I'm sleeping right now on the Blaze. But maybe, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Hopefully, you don't get burned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, with that, that kind of leads well into our game picks. Um, but. You went four and zero this week, Adam. I went three and one. We are now tied at forty and thirty three, so pretty good. We're both above five hundred. Um, I don't think we'd want it any other way than to be tightly contested to the very end. Um, so let's dive into these PLL games. Uh, we have the Archers versus the Atlas. Who are you picking in this one? This one, I, I, I had a tough time kind of looking over the rosters and looking at previous contests between these two. I'm going to take the Atlas in this one. I think. The, the biggest difference, um, while the, the two-headed monster in cage for the Archers has been really successful, um, Jack Kincannon for the Atlas, has, who was my pick for goalie of the year, um, and he's been 
arguably the best uh, all season, uh, and I think he's going to be the big difference. Yeah, I'm going to go Atlas as well. I think the the Archers are just, you know, still a little bit banged up. Um, you know, they they beat the Chrome, but it was still only twelve to ten, and uh, you know, I just I think the Chrome are just you know a worse team, and I think they just took advantage of that. So. So uh, I'm going to go Atlas as well. I think Paul Rabel wants to finish the season out strong on top. Um, again, you mentioned Kincannon's been playing well in cage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Atlas as well. Um, and following that, we have the championship. Who do you have winning in the championship, Whipsnakes or Redwoods? This is for all the marbles. I know it, it's a big game, but I'm, I'm, st- I'm going to ride the train, roll woods. I think they're going to take this one. Um, they just seem like they're on a mission. You know, I, I talked to Nat St. Laurent after the game. Uh, this past week, and uh, he's driven, this team is driven, the defense um, is playing lights out, and I think that's going to be the big difference maker in this one. I think Troutner and that defense for, for the Woods uh, maybe not be able to stifle uh, uh, that whip stakes attack, but um, they're going to be able to hold him enough for Jules and the squad uh, to get that, and I don't know if this is the case, but if depending on how long he's playing for, wouldn't it be an awesome opportunity for Kyle Harrison to go off in the sunset, uh, finish his career uh, with the first ever PLL championship going woods? Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I, you know, I really like this Redwoods team, but the Whipsnakes are too dangerous on all facets of the ball. We can't sleep on Burnlore. He's been great in cage. That defense is steady. Um, the offense, anyone can score. I mean, you had Matt Rambo, two weeks ago for the first week of the PLL playoffs only had one point and they still dominated the chaos because they have so many weapons. You're running Ben Reeves, a former Toroton winner from the box. You have Drew Snyder, Ryan Drenner. You have Connor Kelly. I mean, you have all these weapons um, on that team. And I just think they're the most talented group. I think, you know, Coach Dagnita has really gotten them to buy into uh, the culture, I think that's another team that's really developed a culture in such a short time. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk at all for either of these teams. But I have to give credit to the Whipsnakes for what they've shown throughout the season. And, uh, you know, I still keep going back to that game where they just whooped up on the Redwoods. And um, I don't think we're going to see that again this weekend. But I think that's just the capabilities that the Whipsnakes have. And so I'm going to give them the edge in this one. All right, well, going off of that, we have uh, the MLL games. Uh, this weekend we have one on Friday, which is the Outlaws versus the Bayhawks. Who are you picking in this one, Adam? You know, in a rematch, they're in Annapolis this week, uh, so the Outlaws don't have that home field advantage um, like we chatted about in the past. I'm going Bayhawks. I think they'll have the opportunity to hold that number one seed um, and, and go into the playoffs first overall. I'm going Bayhawks. I'm going to go Outlaws. I think they're going to be itching for that top seed. I know it doesn't really matter in terms of home field advantage, but um, I think they're going to go out on a high note. I think it'll be another close one, so I'm going Outlaws. Now with these Saturday games, we have the Rattlers at the Cannons. Who are you picking in this one, Adam? I'm going Rattlers. I think talking about kind of going off on the right note, strong way to end the season um, with how they've played. Coming off a loss last week, I'm going Rattlers. Well, I'm going to go Cannons. You know, I talked about them and how well they're playing and you know how Nick Morocco is doing in cage. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's my squad right now. I think they're poised to make a playoff run. So I'm going to go Cannons finishing off the regular season strong. And then finally, our last game uh, is the Blaze versus the Lizards. Adam, who are you picking in this one? I'm going Blaze. I think they bounce back. You know, I talked about the play of Chris Madeline. I think he has a bounce back game, and it's only fitting that the Lizards finish um, 
the season on a low note, just how things have gone, going blaze. I think the Lizards have shown a little bit more fight uh, in recent weeks, so I don't think they're completely dead. Um, but yeah, I think the Blaze def- desperately need uh, something positive going into the playoffs. I don't think they want to limp in to the playoffs, and so I, I think they're gonna, you know, come out strong against the Lizards. So I'll pick Blaze as well. But uh, yeah, that wraps up our podcast this week. Um, we have an upcoming interview with Coach Stagnina that you guys can listen to later this week. Tiana Walper of the Brave, uh, which will be next week. And we're going to have some NLL draft coverage for you guys as well as we do a recap podcast with the Off the Crossbar podcast host, Teddy Jenner. Um, so he's a legend in the, the box game. Uh, he covers the NLL. And he's going to um, actually been a, be on our show to kind of discuss the upcoming NLL season. So we're excited to have him on. Um, and then final week of uh, Fantasy Lacrosse, don't forget to fill out your rosters. Those epic All-Star Game gloves are still up for grabs as the grand prize. So it's your final week to get into the action. Let's go into overtime, Adam. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? I think it, it just there's one option this week, right? And it's the PLL Championship. As exciting as MLLB um, will be with these games, they don't mean as much. And, and the PLL Championship means everything. So you got to go with that. Yeah, no, that's mine as well. And I'll be there. Uh, in person to watch the game. We'll also be having pro lacrosse talk trivia on uh, giving away koozies out for all those cold beverages. So if you guys are tailgating uh, at the game, I'll be walking them around, you know, having some, some trivia, and you guys can answer some questions to possibly win a, a free PLT koozie. So um, definitely look for me out there. Say hi. I'd love to talk some pro lacrosse with you guys. But that wraps up our podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.